This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, now going into our sixth season, looking into the exciting happenings at Ipswich Town Football Club. My name is Mikey Penty-Smith and with pre-season in full flow, getting some minutes in the legs for us today, are Joe Fairs and David Diamond. How are you both? Good, cheers. Good, good thanks, Mikey. Yeah, well, thank you. That's good to hear. And let, let's start with the good news. Um, we now have 1,000 YouTube subscribers uh, which is incredibly exciting. Uh, soon we'll be able to stream live from the YouTube channel and all sorts of other exciting things that I should know about and don't really understand. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks everyone who subscribed or got their friends to subscribe or in some cases had six email accounts that subscribed. But we're really happy to be at that target. And it also means that we're going to be giving away a brand new Ipswich Town shirt. Do you know when that, that's being announced, Joe? I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, well, I know the, the competition ends on September the 1st, so I presume around that time. Next week, yeah. Yeah, I think you're spot on there. Um, so, yeah, the good news is we've got a 1,000 subscribers. The bad news is we can't go to any football. Oh, I did that the wrong way around, didn't I? <laughs> you're still thinking about the bad news, aren't you? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, six seasons of office quotes. You better believe it. Um, I guess we need to doff our caps to Rich Woodward uh, for that. That was a really nicely put together video for that competition, wasn't it? Yeah, inspired as always. Rich, tech wizard that he is. Absolutely. And in other news, the club today announced that the iFollow streaming service will be free to all season ticket holders for home games. And it will cost £10 per game for non-season ticket holders. And I think away games and cup games are... £10 for everyone. Um, this seems sensible to me, Joe. Yeah, I, I think some season ticket holders are a little bit unhappy that basically non-season ticket holders get it cheaper than they do because <laughs> because they're, they're paying for their ticket, aren't they? So like £16 a game. So, but And people in the same household. But I, this seems a fairly predictable outcome. I'd, I think most season ticket holders probably should have realised that they were effectively giving money to a charity for the... F- last few months of last season the first few months of this season yeah yeah i think you're right yeah that seems a pretty good move i think okay yeah and it will give some those those fans do get to be on their high horse they're the they're the loyal ones um so they've they've still got that i mean um, i haven't really seen joe would know this i mean is there is there any indic what well, is there any sort of indication of when fans will be allowed back at all they're saying October at the moment, yeah, aren't I they? So October. I think there's 9,000 season ticket holders. Yeah. But yeah. From, from what I hear, there might not even be 9,000 people allowed in the ground. So oh, I, don't really? know how that, so... I don't know how that's going to work out. <laughs> Quite a lot <laughs> less than 9,000. 
Wow. I'm sure it will be done in a less random way than last year's team selections. Paul Lambert is in charge of selecting which fans can come to games. Yeah, how the hell will that work? Well, I get, well yeah, something else to... I think They'll that's for, let, a late, for a later pod, probably, isn't it, that one? They should let uh, the younger people in first, shouldn't they, Dave? <laughs> well, yeah, the, the uh, under-60s. Yeah, I totally agree with that. <laughs> Cobbled stand will be empty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're recording this on uh, Wednesday night. So we've all had time to digest the West Ham friendly, which took place on Tuesday. Uh, Joe, I've tasked you with um, scribbling down the Ipswich lineup for this one. Which we have. Yeah, can you, can you read? <laughs> for our listeners, can you read through it, please? OK, well, we lined up 4-3-3, which we have done in every game this pre-season. Thomas Holy in goal. Back for Janoi Danashian, Luke Chambers, Toto Enciala and Stephen Ward. Midfield free, the academy special of Andre Dazelle, Teddy Bishop and Flynn Downs. And then a front free of Guion Edwards, Freddie Sears and Aaron Drynan central. So not in the squad um, were Kane Vincent Young, yeah. James Wilson, Caden Jackson, James Norwood, Ollie Hawkins and perhaps most notably Luke Wolfenden. Uh, before we go into that, Dave, that midfield, do you think that might be close to the one that we start with in our first game against Wigan? I think I'd like to see it. I'd, I've always sort of championed Dazelle in, um, you know, last season, you know, the boy, I think, needs a, needs a run and needs some, needs some confidence and needs some backing, I think, from the manager to say, look, you know, I'm going to play you for how many games in September? The first six games, you're going to play, you're going to start, whatever. And I think you need something like that. I didn't, I must admit, I was on a bloody two-hour conference call yesterday so I missed totally missed the game and by all, by all means he sort of played that sort of deeper role didn't he behind behind Downs and Bishop yeah yep he did yeah he was the one showing for the ball from the defenders as which, we were trying to play out from the back which yeah. is his game isn't it yeah absolutely yeah I think there'd be a lot a lot of people would like to see uh would certainly like to see that midfield start and and more importantly that mid, that midfield be successful one other point I sort of perhaps I missed this but it was did Dobra feature at all yesterday? No, he didn't. Right, okay. So he, no, he yeah, might have El, had El a... Mazzuni came on, but not... Yeah, yeah no, Dobra wasn't in the squad. No, okay. Yeah, some, someone else was missing. Hell of a lot of players. Hell of a lot of players out there, really. But anyway. Lancaster as well, wasn't he? Yeah, Lancaster. Yeah, I was um, thinking maybe La- Lancaster, Vincent, um, Young. Vincent Young, you'd think. Yeah. Long-term it, I mean, it was, it was Tuesday lunch, wasn't it? So it isn't even like... It isn't even as long a break as a usual Saturday, Tuesday. Uh, so it's kind of understandable that those two didn't play. And Emmy Hughes, um, in a similar fashion, didn't play on Saturday and was back in for this I mean, one. Interesting you mentioned, you mentioned Wolfenden there. So with any sort of, with a sort of, with a one eye on, oh, oh well, perhaps he's, um, perhaps he's off the pastures new maybe or? Well, yeah. So after the game, Paul Lambert has come out. So Wolfenden, as we mentioned, wasn't, wasn't in the squad at all. Uh, and after the game, Paul Lambert was questioned about this. And he said, Wolfenden needs to get going and start performing. Um, then this morning, Wolfenden tweeted and then later deleted a confused face gif on Twitter. Um, like a what? And kind also of, uh, in the, in the world of like um, celebrity gossip, he also liked a tweet from Stuart Watson saying how he's confused as to why... Lambert was making these remarks about him and, and then unliked the same tweet later that oh, day. Didn't, didn't even see that one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, maybe a, a little bit of immaturity from Wolfenden there. Yeah, maybe. Um, but let's let's cast our mind back almost, well, yeah, just over a year ago. Um, Lambert said something similar about him on the eve of last season, didn't he, Joe? Yeah, it was along the lines how he just sort of is so laid back. He sometimes needs a bit of a kick up the kick backside it. and Wolfenden did have some comments himself in January where he said he came back to the club from Swindon no one was talking to him no one was saying yeah. anything to him he went yeah. on the pre-season tour and he said he just coasted through it because he didn't really know if he was going to be playing if he was going back out on loan or anything so maybe it seems a bit of a communication issue that he needs to be spoken to a bit more maybe this is Lambert trying to give him a kick up the backside again but I think we've been fine in our pre-season friendly so far. So I was a bit, I was a bit surprised to hear it personally. Yeah, I thought he maybe he didn't impress me too much, considering he is our sort of go-to centre back that can receive the ball off the goalkeeper. But mm. 
he's so crucial to how we're going to play. I mean, even if we're not playing out from the back, Dave, he is arguably our best centre-back, is he not? Well, he's, well, you say our best centre-back, he's certainly the most accomplished on the ball, let's say. I think, <laughs> leave it at that, probably. But yeah, he's certainly the most accomplished on the ball, looks comfortable. And yeah, he's, it, you know, you think if he's if he's focused, if he's strong and if he's focused, then, and he, you know, he's a player that's obviously, you'd think, destined to play at a higher level for sure, whether it be with us or, or hopefully with us. And Joe, just before we move on to the game, where do you stand on players bearing their dirty laundry, yeah. albeit as subtly as he might think he did it? Um, what, at, the, at the end of the day, it's 2020 now, and these these boys have grown up with social media accounts from when they're 12, 13, 14 years old. So, so they should be better at it, right? Yeah, but also... Think things are going to happen on social media now. They are they are going to take to it, and it's not like he's gone out there and had a massive go. He's put a bit of a subtweet out there, as it's known as, and sort of had a little bit of a sort of a deniable dig, if that makes sense. If somebody Sly dig, if someone was to question him about it, he could easily have plausible deniability about it. So he's smart enough to know not to say anything ridiculous. But social media is a part of the game. Mm. And just on social media, actually, um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles is being linked mm. with a 20 million plus uh, move to, to Wolves. When he was on loan at Ipswich and he was left on the bench at Bolton, he was liking pictures of scantily clad women on Instagram <laughs> from the bench. So, <laughs> Wolfenden... Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> during a <the> game. <laughs> oh! It's, yeah, it was um, during the game, Dave. And he, yeah. And it was, mother, a, it um, was a Mick he, McCarthy game, wasn't it, though? So it was, it was. Some of those were instantly it, forgettable. Yeah, exactly. And his mother was quite outspoken, if I remember as well, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah. yeah, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll talk, talk briefly on the West, West Ham lineup. Obviously, Aaron Cresswell returns to Portman Road. Uh, it seems like he's done that a few times now on these friendlies. Um, Yarmolenko was also included. Jack Wilshere uh, was in central midfield. Sebastian Haller played up front. Um, David Great. Moyes was in the dugout, despite West Ham also playing at Championship side yeah. uh, Wickham at the same time. Good. Um, <laughs> um, we more than held our own in that first half, don't you think, Joe? Yeah, um, we did. We did give away a couple of decent chances to that Haller, but the goal was the ball had gone off the pitch when they oh, scored my, the goal. I saw that miles off, and God everyone sake. stopped, but. Yeah. I say, but yeah, we passed about nicely. I thought, especially the midfield three, they looked really even. Andre, who sometimes doesn't, they all looked really mobile as midfield three as well. Sort of worked well. They they cover each other quite well. When Andre drifts up, Flynn will drop back, and it's I say that they do seem a real natural connection between those three in the midfield. Didn't you say first half on on the WhatsApp because I was trying to follow it during my call on the WhatsApp and you said that Downs was and like you a thought mon- we were losing one nil when we were one down. <laughs> I thought it was one one. I was trying to follow follow everything. I think I missed the crucial. Well, it was probably four goals. Well, spoiler alert, it's like four goals in five minutes. I just couldn't get up with it. I don't think. And um, Joe said that first half Downs was a bloody monster when he said. At yeah, times. I think that, I think that was Craig. But yeah, he was just. Oh, Craig, sorry. He just at one point he lost the ball and he just bullied his way back and it sort of. It looked like one of those performances where you see a player and he's far too good for us. And it's like one where the manager of the opposition team surely watches it and thinks, who is this oh, yeah. guy? We, we need to have a proper look at him. Keep because on him. Yeah. He did look, like I say, he did just look a different level. Just just physically. I think that's the difference you notice with the Premier League players, how physically, how physical they are. Yeah, they are. Strong, quick, athletic. Yeah. And mm. he just looks like he's got that athleticism required yeah, to play he, at that level. He, start, he started to eat up the ground a little bit more, to, to use a football cliche. When he first came into the side, I think we played away at QPR, I remember thinking he looks a little bit slow water, for a youngster. Treading water a bit, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah but it's all part of now he really, really comes to the ground well. And just, just a note on Dazelle as well, he did crunch into a couple of tackles as well. And I was fine with Dazelle. As long, as long as he's getting on the ball, he is generally pretty good so isn't he but there's just well too many games where I mean we're talking about last back, season yeah. now not not during pre-season so we're, he's got a clean clean slate near enough this season but there was quite a few games last year where he got thrown in and you never really saw him on the ball but yeah as Joe mentioned he does seem to connect really well with with Bishop and Downs and it looked like they were really enjoying the challenge up against I mean, uh, and, you know, if, we're, the likes. 
if we're successful, if if we are successful this season, and that is our midfield, it'll be a it'll be a nice good season to watch. I think it'll be really yeah. well, unfortunate we can't, but you know what I mean. It'll be it'll be a season of, of of nice football because yeah, those three. I think I think yeah, many people would like to see whether you know experience enough. But then you know you look at Bishop, well, barely played any bloody football. How old's Bishop now, Joe? Twenty twenty three. Twenty three. Barely play the boys, so you know um, I'd I'd love to see us start with that three, but I, th- I think it's just such an it's so important to see who is going if we are going to try and play out from the back, which all indications say that we are. Who are we going to sit in front of the defence? Is it going to be Cole Skuse as a stopper, or is it going to be Andre Dazelle as a playmaker? Well, yeah. I'd rather see Dazelle there. Mate, well, of course, it might would. be horses for courses, horses a little for way. Exactly. Away exactly. from home in tough games against the Fleetwood, your Portsmouth. So yeah, maybe you want to see Skuse there was to it, give is, a bit of def- protection. Was, was it as obvious as the other season, like that ridiculous Lambert game at Reading when the, when the fullbacks just went every time um, every time Bart got the ball? I mean, was it as obvious as that, or not? Not quite and so. Not not quite as. It's, bad. It, I mean, it's different now because the players can can gather the ball from inside the penalty area. So it does look it does look slightly yeah, of different. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And yeah. personally, just on that, we're obviously going to get into it in a second. Where where I stand on the playing out from from the back is is you do you do have to. It's too it's too easy to say you should know when to do it and when you shouldn't because at the moment we're just trying to practice it. Was that West Ham are used to playing against that sort of playing out from the back, so their strikers are switched onto it they know where to stand and they know how to make it difficult and Tottenham did as well it's unlikely that league one clubs will be quite so good at it and we should be able to pass through a little bit more but we obviously don't have to do it every single time and if we don't have the players out there to do it and if we're playing on bad pitches probably makes sense sometimes to just just play safe but sort of of drifting back to the Spurs game by the end of that or end of the half because it was too harsh for us. Cornell, he'd been caught out early with it, but ultimately he he tried to pass an excuse and got robbed by Hoiberg, who mm. came through under Pep Guardiola at, Bar- at Bayern Munich and was sort of the next big hope there. And and sort of Deli Ali, Lucas Mora, and Son mm. leading the press. It's quite a hard one to play through. But <laughs> even by the end of that, Cornell was clipping balls to the fullback, sort of waiting for the press to come and sort of going short when he needed to, or just clipping it over the fullback's heads, uh, sorry, over the press's head to the fullbacks and things. So we were getting better at it as the game went on. So I'd say I'm, I think, I'm, I'm not too unhappy with I it. I think this was this was touched on yesterday and probably we'll get to it, but I think this could have been you again, sorry, again on the WhatsApp group yesterday, that um, if, if as Mikey sort of said, you know, you're playing on a way at Rochdale on a Tuesday night and the pitch is bumpy and it's horrible and it's wet and you're trying to play this pretty football. Again, you sometimes do need to be direct and then what you do need is a is a focal point is a focal point up front mm. for the plan for the plan B. And obviously we've yet to see the lad from Portsmouth in action yet, have we? No, not not yet, but it is we'll we'll get on to talking about yeah, yeah, it's, so. it's a good plan yeah. B to have and yeah, yeah, something that we were crying out for last season, isn't it? So yeah, we'll move into the second half and a few minutes of absolute madness that we've already touched upon. Can you pick the bones out of this for us, Joe? Can you can you try and make sense of it? Well, the sort of the second goal we concede is just one where they're just a bit better than us, just passing it around, and we get a really good goal straight back through sort of Freddie Sears, good break by Emir Hughes. It's like, oh, actually, game on, and then. Holy has a real sort of shocking moment where he comes for a cross but pulls out of it. So I don't know whether he just misjudged it or or whatever, but it's poor. And then obviously Chambers has his absolute sort of shocker at the back. But I don't know whether... Because we obviously conceded, but we, we changed our whole midfield. So we took Dazelle, Bishop and Downs off and replaced them with Nolan, Judge and Hughes. And within four minutes, we'd scored one but conceded three goals. So I don't know whether it was just a case that the... Yeah, so that that big change in personnel didn't help. Where, but obviously, obviously like Chambers is, is is the one that's going to get the most criticism and highlighted, and, and rightly so because it was a poor error. But he's sort of Nolan rolls the ball back to him, and then there isn't the ball which Dazelle had been that ball for the for the last hour. So he at that yeah. point should make the decision to put his foot through it, and he gets caught and gives away a goal. But like Cornell's on Saturday, best to be making those mistakes now than. It's sort of when the real action starts. And first game of the season against Sunderland at home. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. The, um, their second goal, I've got to say, their second goal is a really nice goal. That that showed the golfing class, really, when they sort of turned it on. That's a really, really good goal. Sort of just crisp passing across the face of the box. Good ball in and, yeah, just, yeah, very good goal, that one. Yeah. I didn't I didn't realise that Haller actually, I, I picked up on this earlier, Haller played and scored for Utrecht, didn't he, in the in the pre-season friendly about five years ago? Yeah, Brenner mentioned that on the commentary. But... Oh, did he? Yeah, oh, he right but he's right. like a forty-five million pound signing as well, isn't he? And he didn't really do it last season at all. I mean, you see no. some of the West Ham tweets that oh, he's hat trick, and then someone put it in the context was his found his level, hip switch away. You know, yeah, look at the centre halves, look at the centre backs, yeah. But um, yeah, I think they got they got high hopes. But a lot of that team, obviously, he wasn't there. A lot of that team, like Wilshere, Cresswell, say a lot of it, Yarmolenko, Anderson played in the pre-season friendly a couple of seasons ago, I think, mm. when her first game. Road, and, yeah, it was pretty impressive stuff from West Ham's attacking players, Dave. Um, what about ours? Freddie Sears and Emmy Hughes linking up pretty well for our goal. Yeah, it's really good from from Hughes. Really, really positive play, wasn't it? Um, I mean, from what from what I well from from what the you know the camera angle looked like, he sort of dropped his shoulder. It looked like maybe had a touch of fortune there, maybe doing him down a bit. But he surely hadn't been on. He hadn't really been on that long, had he? Before that, before that sort of run. Had he been on? No, he 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 came on at half time, and the goal so, was in about the fifty third minute. Fifty third, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, all, all very positive, well finished by Sears. I mean, only a friendly, but I'm sure he would have enjoyed it against his old um, against his uh, against his old team. How did um, just out of interest, how was Adam Cresswell look? Just sort of solid, fairly easy, sort of solid, good, always dynamite yeah. left foot as usual. Yeah, I mean, I have I have heard criticisms of Cresswell. Oh, yeah. in recent times from West Ham fans yeah. but um he didn't get forward too much but he he defended well um he had Edwards running into blind alleys quite a lot I still think Edwards does look a lot better out on the left um but yeah he he was fine fairly quiet yeah. how did you see it Joe yes similar really I thought he did well and sort of whipped, he whipped, did whip a couple of balls in but it was sort of good to see him back I suppose the West Ham fans probably a little bit bored of him almost he's been there five years players don't hang yeah. around for that long unless <laughs> exactly. obviously you've got Mark Noble that's been there for years but I, I think it might be a now, similar case it might be comparable to Cole Skews where everyone liked him when he came in and now he's been around for quite a long time and they haven't really had any success Certainly, he's maybe a little bit of a scapegoat. Certainly, Cresswell was like first first full season there. He was like hammer of the year and all sorts, wasn't he? he had a yeah. really, really good. He played once for England. Have I got that right? I'm sure he yeah, played once for England, didn't he? England. Yeah, he did. Well, last season, he scored the winner against Manchester United at home and the winner at Chelsea away. Um, he really? So, I mean, as far as scapegoats go, if you're left back, <laughs> he's, he's not too bad, is he, really? He's done, um, really well, he's done really well, hasn't he? From, he has. He's had a great career. Here. What a signing from Paul Jewell. We have to give oh, credit. For, absolutely. To I love, love, love Cresswell. Yeah, he looked quality pretty much right from the start, didn't he? Um, yeah, famous, uh, yeah, fond memories, that goal at that, that mad game against Palace that night. What yeah, that was that. a similar like, clutch Whack. of goals uh, to the West Ham. Yeah, game. it was, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Different circumstances. Yeah, slightly. Um, so yeah, a four-one defeat. Um, I mean, we, I, I want to say we didn't disgrace ourselves, but we actually did disgrace ourselves, but only for a few <laughs> minutes. Um, Lambert spoke after the game. They, I think, he was questioned on um, if he had the right players to be playing out from the back. Um, I always find it interesting that he refers to Luke Chambers as Luke Chambers. Never Luke, never Chambo. He always full names him. Uh, maybe I'm looking too much into that. Um, but what did he make of his comments um, on the style, Joe? He was pretty quick to shoot down the idea that we're playing a new style. He said that we're playing the style that we played when I first came in. Well, he's correct in that we are playing the style we played when he first came in, but we've played a lot of different styles or non-styles since then for a long period of time. We didn't, we didn't try and play through the thirds at all last season. I think we set up to be a counter-attacking team and we just passing wise, we just knocked it around in, in sort of quiet areas and had a lot of possession without really doing anything with it, without moving the ball quickly, without looking to break the lines or anything like that. So I think he's, I think he's overly defensive with his comment, but I think, I was, I was glad that he was willing to stand up for the style of football that he is trying to implement. And 
it, it's, it's not the style of football everyone wants, but a lot of it's just town fans have been crying out for some consistency in style, selection, formation, personnel, and he's he's given it to us with at the moment, and he's doing this and. Like I say, if, if you want consistency, you can't then moan that it's the wrong sort of consistency. It's either he's either doing that or he's not. If if he'd have said I'm going to set up four four two, get a big man, a little man, and start knocking the ball long at every opportunity, well, at least we'd know what the plan is. At least we know what we're doing. And and at the moment, I think every player knows what they're doing. Some are struggling with it a little bit more than others, it seems. But it's gonna it's gonna be teething problems and there's gonna be issues. And I say just. I think it's good to, good to crack on with it. But ultimately, we've played League 2 Colchester, beat them 5-0 or 4-0 and 1-0, and we've lost to Premier League West Ham and Premier League Tottenham. I think we're playing Cambridge on Saturday and be, yeah. Bristol Rovers in the Cup the Saturday after. Well, that's what we judged on. We're not going to... Like I say, we, we're getting pressed by some of the best players in the world at the moment. Yeah, do you, you think... Put it in the context. Sorry, Dave. Do you think part of the motivation for for reverting to this style might be might be to try and get teams to try and press us a little bit more so we can we can get up the pitch quicker with the ball suck them in yeah maybe you know maybe so as joe said last year there was you know he calls it i don't know the managers call it you know football with an identity and he's right it was so yeah we, we passed the ball and yeah there was you know we saw the passing stats i say well stats don't lie well to a degree they did because we passed the ball and just safe areas didn't we it was, it was almost embarrassing at you know at some points where we should have been more direct than we just we just weren't so look i'm all uh, yeah i'm all for it but I, I think just harping back to what we said earlier if we are going to play that way then i think wolf and then is quite a sort of a key will be a key part of that i would have thought yeah okay, so the, we've got the players who can break the lines yeah definitely and and Dazelle, but then I, again, harking back to what Joe said, I think you're, Joe's right. Horses for courses, Dazelle, yeah, certain games may be skews, you know, in, in others perhaps. Mm. I've seen quite a few uh, people suggesting that the the midfield three should be um, Emir Hughes mm. Mm. Uh, instead of Dazelle. But if Dazelle's playing that deep, deep of the midfield three role, does that suit Emir Hughes for you, Joe? Or do you think that he's slightly better a little bit further forward or to the left. Yeah, I, I think if you were going to bring Hughes in for Dazelle, you'd probably put Downs at the base of the diamond just because he can cover the pitch defensively. Obviously, yeah. you'd, you lose a bit of his ability going box to box, but then with Bishop and Hughes in front of him, then you've got two players that can get box to box that can create things, score goals. So that's probably, if those three there, the balance would be down sitting. Yeah, you wouldn't see, for instance, you, talk, you spoke about comparing Hughes with Dizelle. I mean, you wouldn't have seen, you wouldn't see Dizelle, you know, for instance, make the run that Hughes did yesterday to provide the, you know, to provide the, Sears, the you know, the assist for Sears. It just, you just wouldn't, it's not his game, is it? No. I, I actually think that Paul Lambert might have misdiagnosed Emma Hughes as a player, because I remember when he was out um, the whole time when, <laughs> kind of forgotten in, what in Lambert's sort of first season. He kept saying, um, oh, yeah, he's a player that I've always liked and he has a great range of passing. I'm not sure a range of passing is really Emir Hughes's main strength at all. I think what's good about him is that he can drive forward with the ball and he's quite a physical presence in the middle and he breaks into the box. But hopefully he's starting to understand more what sort of player Emir Hughes is. Mm. Um, Someone, again, one of the guys, one of the guys in the WhatsApp mentioned, I mean, when you look at our potential... uh, We've got an absolute plethora of players in midfield, haven't we? You could easily step up and, and should be more than capable of holding, you know, holding their own at League One level or certainly above that, you'd think, at the moment. Bloody hell. That's one, you know, that's one area where we really are almost sport, sport for choice. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Cool. So we'll quickly talk about the, the Tottenham game um, and the Colchester game, but not in as much detail. <laughs> It's almost in the distant past now, and they weren't proper proper games of football in a way, were they? With us playing two shorter matches at Colchester and then changing the whole team at halftime at Spurs. But Joe, can you talk us through who played the first half against Spurs? Um, yep, so it was, a, it, it was a split team. So Cornell was in goal, back four of Vincent Young, Enciala, Wolfenden, Stephen Ward. Midfield three of Colescuse, Teddy Bishop and Alan Judge. 
And then a front three of Dobra, Drinnen and Edwards. Mm. And it was a similar story for large parts, wasn't it, Dave, to the West Ham game with us playing some nice stuff, but yeah, but not really it, creating safe, too much and getting safe areas. I mean, look, you know, you mentioned that, you know, the Spurs forward line, the Spurs front three, which, as you say, is world class, frightening, you know, Lucas Moura, Deli Alley. And and I mean, son, for goodness son. sake, you know. So yeah, it was well an experience for the players. I mean, it's just a shame, you know, if you have pre-season friendly like that, and none of us could, you know, we'd have loved that we'd have been. Well, we each, each and probably every one of us, given the chance, would have loved this. I'm going just to, I don't know. Have you, you you've probably been there, Joe? Have you been there yet? Or Mike, yeah, I've, you, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, Joe doesn't like to mention it, but he was there. For... <laughs> No, it's, just game last it's just amazing and it is i mean it just looks an unbelievable place so yeah, yeah that would that, even i think came vincent young on the eve of the game say how excited the players were the, you know even the players were you know just been given the chance obviously for him he was a, a spurs a spurs a spurs youngster but um, yeah that can only do certainly the younger players that can only okay pre-season friendly but that can only what a great experience for them really hmm. Right, so they're slightly um, different friendly before that and slightly different um, streaming service at uh, Colchester United. Um, just just on the streaming services, the, the Colchester one, we were just happy well, to be able to see the game because it was sort of cobbled together last minute. Um, the Tottenham one was very, very slick. And that was impressive. Steve Wilson. Steve Wilson, Steve Wilson on, on commentary. They had a a presenter with Clive Allen um, before the game and at halftime and post-match right. and they had interviews with the players yeah. afterwards as well. Gravy, really. um, we're not expecting that, um, <laughs> but are we expecting what we had at the West Ham game, Joe, the streaming service, or are we going to expect what we had at Colchester with a, <laughs> a, a bumbling commentator and... No, because I've, I've watched quite a few games on iFollow last year, and it's generally the sort of four or five cameras replays yeah. with the Radio Suffolk commentary, which yeah, Bruno, su- which yeah. suits me. I think I think that's fine. I think there were it was a little bit it, the coverage yesterday wasn't as good as some of the other ones have been because it almost seemed like maybe there wasn't a sort of editor or producer. For, sort of properly it was just being recorded with the odd replay there wasn't actually yeah so, so that there, much there, there, there would have been um an assistant producer sat with an editor um and their job is to part of their job is to say when to roll the replay and apparently it is really really difficult and as it's pre-season it's probably someone that's new to the job that was doing it and was just messing it up a little bit but you can tell if the person doing that job understands football or whether they can't by when they decide to play the replays but it is literally somebody um sitting next to an editor and saying roll the replay now um well playing sort of the replay when the uh, yeah there's a free kick yeah. on the edge of the box or something and all of this i follow stuff by the way is powered um just underneath where the refs do all the var stuff stockley park at stockley park yeah there you go yeah. secret trade secret yeah i mean that's it's yeah it's also where i work and that's how i that's how i know about it um and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, 
protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. But yeah, inside what, knowledge. Aside from it was our first look at um, the new old system, um, did we learn much from the Colchester game? And Aaron Drynan scored a couple of goals. Did he maybe think that. Uh, I mean, it, are the opposition that he's going to be playing against closer to the West Ham defenders or the Colchester defenders, I guess, is what it comes down to. Yeah, it's difficult because Colchester probably don't have enough depth to name, sort of, to have 22 players of a decent level. that They're going to be having sort of a first-team squad of sort of 16, 17 and supplementing it with youngsters. So I think that maybe the, the format of the two games may have stretched their squads a little bit. And when you compare it to compared to our squad and the size of squad we have, then it was always going to be a bit of a mismatch. Mm. Tommy Smith obviously showed up well, did enough to get a contract. If, if, if football was done like this in league one and he had to name a different team in the second half, we'd walk the league, wouldn't we? Yeah. <laughs> well, bloated squad. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'll see a few going out. Don't you think Joe? Yes, but I don't see where or how because mm. the players you want to get rid of, I don't see yeah, unless you're going unless you're going to pay them up, which I don't really see the point of paying yeah, them up point. to strengthen a rival. But we'll see. Yeah, we we have a question on that actually from Mullet. Let's move into the Twitter questions now. Mm. Um, obviously, in an ideal world, somebody would come in for a couple of our surplus or. I mean, to call them surplus senior players is maybe a bit much, but the players that are very much on the fringes of the squad, um, that's probably not going to happen. But Mullet asks, are we better off loaning out the youngsters such as Ndaba, McGavin, Wright, etc., rather than using them in a handful of cup games? Uh, he also says this year is promotion or years of more decline, isn't it? Probably. Um, and I was going to make a point about Ndaba, Joe. He's, he's sort of showed up reasonably well when he's been playing, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's had he's had a really good pre-season in that he's look he's looked good on the ball, which is probably the main thing we've seen from our defenders, at, or, or not seen from our defenders at the moment that they're being tested on the ball. But he Again, is one like I, I I know people are sort of calling for him to start, but he's one for me that needs a stint in men's football because yeah. he he just he had two loan spells last season, both he failed at both. In effect, he got sent back. Oh, well, he, he went to Chelsea, didn't play a game there. He was just on the bench, didn't get in the team. He went to Hemel Hempstead, played a game, got taken off at half time, and then effectively sent back. He didn't play again after that. So, when like I said, when you compare him to Wolfie, who went to Bromley in the National League, yeah, who played 20, 20 odd games there, then 30 odd games for Swindon, I think. Yeah, it's tough. It's yeah. like pre season is one thing where you're getting the ball and you're passing it about, but ultimately, when it comes down to it and you got. Like I say, you're playing fleet when you got Chet Evans and Paddy Madden smashing into you. Then, like I say, I mean, is it is it a physicality thing with him? It's not. He's a big lad, and he's a sort of not or not. Yeah, I, I think it's just. The, is he left-footed, Joe? Yeah, he's left-footed. He's like yeah, I, I thought. Yeah. But he he joined the club as a midfielder, and I think he played for sort of Republic of Ireland as a youth as a midfielder. So he's mm. it's still a relatively new position for him. But I think they've seen that he's got the athleticism, the physicality. We, he looks was it, he looks like a defender. Was it beginning of last season, or at some point last season, where Lambert was talking him up for his debut and it never happened? Was that even the season before? It was, it was the end of the season before, yeah, the end was, of the relegation yeah. season. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was basically, Lambert basically said he was going to have his debut and then we had that's 223 right. games and he, he played really poorly in both of them and then oh. and then it was just yeah, cut out of it. So, oh, okay. I'd, I'd say he's a, he's a hard one to judge because, re- like I say, it's a real shame he didn't, get a good run at one of these loan clubs last year and yeah. actually play some men's football because I, I do think it's going to be a very different game and while someone like Chambers has maybe struggled this pre-season you, you expect him to be a different game yeah. when, he, when he's got strikers running into him and he's got a battle where Indarbas look good in pre-season but 
it could go totally the other way. I mean, you'd think the other two, Mikey, certainly Harry Wright, you would think would benefit, wouldn't he? I mean, you know, he's got mm. clearly three goalkeepers ahead of him in the pecking order now. Um, Pichek and um, obviously Cornell and Holy and, and Brett McGavin. Um, probably the same. I mean, was it was it Wickham he started against last season? Was it Wickham? Was that his debut? Or Fleetwood? Fleetwood, was it? Or... Oh, McGavin, Fleetwood, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was Fleetwood, wasn't it? Yeah. He went off yeah. at half-time. Yeah, yeah. Both yeah. Of those that was a bizarre one, wasn't it? He just came out of nowhere there. So, again, someone else you would think, again, with the sort of midfield talent that we've got there and all Touchwood seemingly fully fit, that he would, you would think, benefit from, from a stint somewhere. Hmm. Just on Harry Wright, if, if Kieran Dyer was Ipswich manager, he said he'd start Harry Wright in goal. Wow. Um and that was last season. So if I haven't seen much of him, Joe, I haven't really seen you, you clearly have. He did, he did well against Colts the other night, but I think there's this thing. Oh, he's got really good distribution because he hammers it about. But against Colts, I thought like three or four times he just kicked it straight to the opposition, sort of scuffed it, kicks. Left not not, like not on left, yeah, left, like left that. footed. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think I can't remember. Yeah, I'd tell, but just sort of hit a few kicks straight to the opposition. But he's he's a sort of more modern keeper where he likes to. Use his feet, but again, like he's des- he's desperate for a loan because he is he's not the biggest keeper and he really needs to Tough get down up. in the non leagues and yeah. have some big strikers stand on his toes at corners and yeah. show that he's got what it takes to win those physical battles. Absolutely, someone that can win those physical battles is Emma Hughes. I think we've we've kind of already answered this one, but Andrew at Run Fat Boy Run um, has said. Emma Hughes has said it's a big year for him. What do you see his role being this year? He'd start him in the midfield three alongside Downs and Bishop. We've, we've talked about that being an alternative, but Hughes probably wouldn't be the... the no, no, he's the... No. He's box to, more box to box, I would, I would say. So would, mean, you look, then move, which... would he then move Downs into that? I would have thought so, because Bishop is certainly more of an advanced player, isn't he, than the than the, than the two. Um, you look, if Hughes, if you have the player that Hughes when he first came here on loan, and then when he, you know, um, oh Christ, you know, you remember the Villa game away, the Newcastle game at home. I mean, long time ago, they're three seasons for Christ. So you forget this again, Mister Hell of a lot of football. But if he, you know, we said this all along, if a player like that can get anywhere near back to that level, I mean. He's going to be, or you probably think, it, uh, any half-decent season is going to walk into the League One team of the year, for Christ's sake. He's potentially mm. that good. But, mm. again, just needs consistency and an and injury, you know, another injury-free one. Yeah. But it wouldn't be a podcast without an Emma Hughes question, would it? It wouldn't, really, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, let's do, the, let's do the Luke Chambers questions. <laughs> so, Adam Flat, Well, this, this is quite interesting because I'm obviously sat on the fence here because I'm hosting. Um, Joe, you're... A, a big Luke Chambers fan, and Dave, you are you're. I'm not. No, you you are not entirely convinced by 34 year old Luke Chambers. It's fair to say that. Yeah. Yeah. So Adam Flat asks. No. So he makes a statement. Sorry. Appreciate the caliber of opposition, but we've conceded some pretty shit goals this season, pre-season even. It's Wolfenden plus a another for me. Thoughts on this? So we'll start with you, Dave. I'm putting you on the spot here. Would well, it's you start going to be, Wolfen you know, it's okay. So it's going to be, but but who at the moment? Who? So we've already said, you know, as Joe said, and Dab are probably not ready. Um, James Wilson hasn't featured, I don't think. Joe, what's what's no, what's the thing with him? Injured. Yeah. Then who who are you going to start? Yeah. Okay. We're saying a Wolfenden. If we're going to play this, if we're going to play out from the back. We I think we we all agree Wolfenden's got to play. Um, who else is going to play there? There's pretty much at this moment in time, it's got to be Chambers, hasn't it? There's no one. Well, I think we know what not, those answers. We're, we're still we're thin on the ground. You know, we've said this before. You know, centre halves, we really are thin on them. You know, thin on the ground, aren't we? So I'll, I'll move to the the next question that's still on Luke Chambers, and this is from his namesake, Luke Penning. Um, do you still think Chambers is a nailed-on starter in this system and formation? Um, doesn't look comfortable playing from the back. I know it's West Ham, but we've seen a similar thing happen last season. Um, Joe, is he still a nailed-on starter? Not just for you, but for Paul Lambert? Well, at, at the moment, I, I, I can't see anyone else starting ahead of him. And I'd say, personally, at the moment, I'd say we've got one ball-playing defender in Wolfenden and we've got three stoppers in 
Chambers, Entiala, and Wilson. Personally, I'd, I'd want to get I'd want to get rid of those three, and I think Entiala is the most obvious one who is probably going to go. And you replace Entiala with a ball player, preferably a left-sided ball playing defender, and then then you've got the options. You've got your two ball players, you've got your two stoppers, and whether it's horses for courses or you play it, but ultimately Chambers is better than Wilson. He's better than Entiala, so he he's going to play. But I, I do think there was a I, I was looking at some stats earlier today. And I, I do think there's a bit of a overreaction to some of our fans from some of our fans with regards to the defence last season. It seems that yeah, the defence was blamed. Yeah, you've for made this point before, haven't you? Because it was the yeah. lack of goals that killed us in the end. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah. yeah and I, I looked and basically, as a as a club, we kept 13 clean sheets, which was 36% of our games. Only four, only four clubs were better than, than us in clean sheets: Gillingham, Oxford, Coventry, and Peterborough. But failing to score, we also failed to score in 13 games last year. And only four sides of a worse record than that, Tranmere, Shrewsbury, Bristol Rovers and Bolton. So you think teams like Southend were scored in more games than we did last year. And then when we... <laughs> wow. In, in, in games where we scored the first goal, we scored the, we scored the first goal in the game 14 times. Out of those 14 games, we won 11 and drew three. Mm. And when we conceded the first goal, which was 15 times, we won three and lost 12. Wow. So so the three we won was AFC Wimbledon at the start of the season. Yeah. And Burton, I think we let in an early goal and then won 4-1 and then yeah. Tranmere away. So two of the Jeez. sort of bottom clubs. So when, you, when you're looking at it that way, basically the defence, if the defence were given anything to protect, they were able to protect it. If the defence asked the attack to try and get them out of a hole after conceding the goal. The attack was never able to do it. So whilst I, whilst like I say, I, like Chambers is 34, he's 35 soon. He's like, he's getting to the end of his career. Ultimately, defensively, we were fine last year. And that was in a defence which had Luke Garber at fullback, who's not really a defender. Gwian Edwards at fullback quite often. Mm. Sort of a revolving door in midfielders in front of them. So I just, I just don't see that I just don't see that Chambers is a particularly big issue on in the grand scheme of things, other than the fact that he's 35 and there doesn't seem to be a replacement for him in the squad unless in Darba can go and do something. So, like I said, that, that's that, 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 that's the bigger issue for me that we've signed Enciala for the best part of a million quid. We've picked up James Wilson and neither of them have been able to challenge Chambers at all. Yeah, apologies. I forgot totally forgot about NCR. <laughs> but then, but again, on the on the well, the point I made about Ndaba, um, again, I was reading that perhaps people have said that when NCR has played so far in these preseason games, he hasn't done too badly by all accounts. No, he, he, no he's, he's been, been fine. fine, but it's yeah, yeah, it's like watching the clown yeah, it's waiting, spinning yeah, it's waiting all of the plates. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it is quite fun to watch when when it isn't oh, like, going wrong. But yeah, yeah, quite like watching him. But yeah, but it's you're uh, wondering oh, how it's staying together sometimes. Yeah. It, but, but even even like for pre-season this year, without sort of going on about Chambers too much, like we talk, oh Chambers had a really poor pre-season. Well, against Colchester, he was part of the team that won one nil. Against Spurs, he played the second half where we didn't concede. And then, yeah, he struggled yesterday against West Ham. But it's not like Wolfie Sorry. was at the back against Spurs when we conceded three goals. And so maybe that's why Lambert's given him a bit of stick. So it's one mistake, really, isn't it? It's going to be yeah. jumped on and magnified, as you said, all mm. over social media and Twitter. You know, he gets a ball yesterday, no option. He just shifts a ball under his right foot and just goes, you know, goes long. You know, who's yeah. going <laughs> to, you know, no problem. But there you go. Yeah, I just I just wonder when it when it comes to the start of the season, like while it's fine to have ball players, we are going to need to have some defensive nous back there, aren't we? And obviously Ward is going to help with that as well. And it seemed very yeah, obvious. Yeah, that, we um, haven't really talked about him no. yet. But he he looked pretty assured again yesterday, and he's a he's a very vocal player. Um, there's there's some people suggesting that now we have Ward, do we need Chambers? But it's it's a completely different position, isn't it? And well, I also think Lambert was trying to bring... When you took the players we were linked with, Ward, Keogh, Danny Graham, we were looking to bring some experience into this squad. And I'd, whether that... Is that to replace Chambers or is that to supplement him? Because yeah. Scoose is not really a vocal player, even though he's one of the senior players. And mm. we'll, see, we'll see, but... I'd say we'll I'm, see. I'd, I'd personally, all, all things being equal, I'd, I'd like to sign a... 26, 27-year-old left-footed centre-back that can push Chambers and, and by the end of this season be first choice 
or at some point in the season take over and become first choice alongside Wolfenden. That's, that's, that's what every good, town fan wants. That's a good point you make about experience because I've already said we've got a wealth of you know midfield and young midfield talent there. You'd think out of our experienced players for the last few seasons, i.e. the two Skews and Chambers, it would be Skews that will more than likely miss out if you know given the given the midfield talent that we could put out there rather than as you quite correctly said Chambers given the the scant um, the scant amount of centre backs we've got so, so I'd be interested if, if you spoke to Luke Wolfenden and asked him who he wants to play yeah. with out of those players who's he going to pick yeah yeah you would think so you would think so his mate Corinne Darber yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah uh, Ben no, Chaplin Ben Chaplin asks, um, he asked a couple of questions, but I'll just pick, pick one out here. Does Paul Lambert need to devise a system to fit the players or look for the players to match the system? Well, he, he's had he's had long enough now, hasn't he? I think it's got to be, I think he's got to find the players to match the system effectively. Yeah. He's we've, we've, we've got players to match any system really in the squad. So I know there's an issue about a ball playing centre-back, but you don't get many ball playing centre-backs who can also defend in League One, like I say, yeah. we've got Luke Wolfenden, and we've only got him because he's come through the academy. Yeah, if, if like unicorns. Want, if we wanted to buy one of them, we would they wouldn't be coming to us. They'd be going to the Championship or the Premier League. So, yeah. but like I say, we, we've got a style. But like Barrow came out of the conference playing this style of football, so you you can find the players, and it's just about giving the players the confidence to play this way. And and like I say, Lambert has done that publicly by backing the players when they've made mistakes. Mm. Absolutely. Um, Mark Beck, um, who I believe has just started his own Ipswich Town podcast. Um, so if you go onto his Twitter profile, you'll be able to see a link for that, I'm sure. Um, it might be a YouTube thing, actually. Um, podcast, ITFC Unrestricted. OK, thanks for that, Joe. You dug me out of a hole. Um, <laughs> as self-confessed Dazelle sympathisers, so I'm guessing that's aimed at you two. Um, where do you see Andre's best position in the midfield three? But more crucially, where do you see Lambert using him? He likes him in the base of the three. I think we've we've covered this, haven't we? That's exactly yeah, yeah. where you two like him. Yep. Um, playing as the pivot would be Mark Beck's choice. I think we're all in agreement. That Joe, I mean, it's Joe, Joe's told us for, for, for years that that is his best yeah, position. You haven't Joe's necessarily point. said that they must play him. But you've been saying if he does play, that's yeah. where he's best. And I yeah. think the penny might have dropped now with Paul Lambert and he might have realised that it's time to start playing him there rather than <clears throat> out wide or further forward. But like I said, he's got to stick with him. He's got to give the boy a run. If he's mm. gonna if he's gonna mm. play him in that pivot role, he's got to like I said, give give him a give him the opportunity. You know, it's gonna be because of that role. Yes, it's gonna be mm. games, but he's because he's got that range of pass and he's he's gonna try passes that you know no one else in that midfield will 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 play and some of them will come off and some of them won't. But yeah. you know it's important that you know you keep faith with the boy. He keeps his head up, keeps confident. And look, he's he's I, I love watching him, but I just like his style. He's so languid. He's like his father in a lot of ways. He plays like his father. Just a really really out and out good footballer. So you know, I really, I really want him to there do. There he is. There he is. There he is. <laughs> I really want him to. I so want him to do well. And it's just, you know, who knows how he would have kicked on if he didn't have that injury. What Christ, how many is that? Two, three seasons ago, two, three or two. Mm. Um, who knows where would have been now? But he, look, he, look, he looks a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, and he's, yeah, filled out seems a bit. To have added a little bit of bite, but yeah, yeah, he does seem to cover the ground. Um, but like, so, so you yeah, go, I think it'd be fair to say that Emmy Hughes is probably most people's for, like if if it isn't that midfield three, they want Hughes in there. But perhaps we should be looking at Hughes being the Bishop replacement should he get injured or lose form, rather than being the Dizel replacement. And and you know, you, I think you know transfer window still there is. I mean, we haven't really heard too much about dare I say it, Flynn Downs and interest interest there there was apparent interest but that seems to have gone decidedly quiet at the moment joe yeah and hopefully it'll stay quiet well but... yeah exactly i'm not tempting fate sorry we'll sorry see. everyone out there yeah <laughs> but, um, but like <laughs> so, done it now just going back to dizelle's position if, if you think back to when he got that injury that's mick mccarthy on the first day of the season mr pragmatic mick mccarthy yeah confidence in gave gave andre that role sitting at the sitting at the back forward, going to taking the ball off the defence and getting us playing. He never, ever entrusted that role to anyone else in his whole time Good as boy. manager here. And he, he gave that role to a 
17, 18 year old Giselle on the first day of the season to go and play that way. And like I say, I know Mick is somebody that splits opinion amongst the ITFC fan base and people think his style of football is just pure long ball. But he, he was just a pragmatist that would play the way he needed to play to get results. And he was willing to let Andre go and get the ball off the centre-backs and play. And that is a massive feather in your cap, really, for a manager of that calibre to yeah. let you do that. And if Lambert will give sort of Dizel that role and sort of, like Dave says, give him six, eight games to get started, then hopefully we'll reap the benefits. It's, it's Andre's last year of his contract. And big, he, big season. If yeah, he walks time. away from this club without having had a run of games in, I think there's a That'll massive, a massive failing of the club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. agree. Um, FPL Tractor asks... If a championship club bid one million for Jackson, would you take it? As he doubts he'll be first choice in our formation. He he said he'd be tempted. I, what's I'm his contract? Because sure. that would be contract? a loss. It's that would two, be a loss two on years Jackson left. as well. Two years left. We're all very. He's a really, again. He, I think he splits opinion because he's the boy's got such raw raw out and out pace. Which yeah, is, I don't. I don't think we we want to lose that for the no, sake of one no, million. Don't. Whether no. he is first choice or not, no. I don't think I would have we, him around. I don't think we can lose Jackson's pace, especially if Plan B is going to be playing a big man. Yeah. Um, because Jackson will probably work quite well no, alongside a big got, man. I think we've got to persevere. Persevere. Um, James Houston has a more general League One question. Um, I'll go to Joe for you. I'll go to Joe yeah. for this one. Who will be the surprise package in League One this season, and what's the best Ipswich can hope for? Um, I think surprise package in League One. I think I think Swindon are going to do a good job because everything I see and hear from Richie Wellens seems a pretty impressive guy, and they've they've come up as were they champions in the end? I think they came up as or was that Crew or I think it might they might have been champions, but they they came up and I think they're a team that quite quite well resourced, and I think that I think they might do well this year. And the best we can hope Wind for... Wind are not slugs there, aren't they? Yeah, they are yeah. lazy little slugs there. But, um, <laughs> but um, the best we can hope for is winning the league because we're good enough to oh. win the league. We've got good enough players to win the league and that, mm. that should be our target for this season. Do we see, do we see like a 91-92 season? This is for Craig looming on the horizon here. Sort of <laughs> no expectation almost whatsoever going in the season and carrying all before us. Who's the Steve Witten? Could it possibly oh, be Ollie Hawkins, who Mark with a C asks? Great. Um, he's been listening to other general football league pods, and what? apparently they're saying that Ollie Hawkins to Ipswich is an underrated signing. Um, do you agree? And are you concerned about his and Norwood's lack of pre-season? I had, a, I had a very comp- a sort of complimentary Hawkins email from... Um, um, a London colleague of mine, a Pompey fan, lives down in Portsmouth, Pompey mm. fan, saying he was just he was just unlucky because he just found himself in the pecking order behind, um, well, ironically, Ellis, Ellis Harris, Harris. And, and, and John Mark John Marquis last season. But, you know, again, the, the early sort of tweets you saw when he came, you know, was one or two Portsmouth tweets on there saying good riddance. But this guy was saying, no, no, you know, by and large, when he yeah. played, he was a real he was a real asset to the side notwithstanding did he not score the win and penalty in the checker trade trophy yeah, or whatever yeah. I, I believe he did notwithstanding that but he said no he's, he reckons um we've 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 got a decent sign in there yeah um, I, I also um work with a couple of Pompey fans ah. and they were both pretty complimentary about him yeah. as well he has got his limitations but this is league one for Christ's sakes and we need we need that, that big, that's that presence that we've been calling out for he he is that but just just a quick thing on that penalty. My mate said that he turned to his friend at Wembley ahead of that penalty and said, he's going to miss this. He doesn't strike the ball particularly well, which I think is quite remarkable for a centre forward to not strike the ball particularly well. But as it happened, he tucks it away beautifully. Yeah. Um, Tim Pashley, quick question for you here, Dave. Um, you probably know where this is going. Which game will generate the first DD3 crap? <laughs> Hang on, let me. Hang on, wait a minute. Let me have EFX a look. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, Bristol, Bristol Rovers, <laughs> September the fifth. The EFL, <laughs> EFL Cup. Yeah, we uh, wouldn't mind. We wouldn't mind crap to get good out. Old, good, good old Tim. Carabao good old Tim. Tim's been with us since day one. It's the sixth season. Like like my good self. So yeah, um, yeah. Fair play to Tim. Good on you, mate. Yeah, and a f- fellow southeast tractor boy. He is, isn't he? Yeah, I um. 
yeah, I, I, looking looking at those first few fixtures, the fixture list has been reasonably kind to us, hasn't it? Yeah, you'd does, think does that, look that way. Does you look would that think way. that come the end of September, we we ought to have, if we've got any any sort of, I say hope, if we any sort of semblance of, of of a decent season, we should be certainly looking at double figure point haul. I would have hoped by the end of September, but who knows? Who knows? I'm going to tee you up one last time, Joe. The Ipswich Bean asks for your thoughts on whether we'll stick to this new style or whether a couple of poor performances would lead to 4-4-2 and James Norwood and Jackson being back up top together. There is going to be a huge amount of pressure on Lambert to get results at the start of this season. And is he got enough job security to follow this plan through to its to fruition? So just know. quickly, what, how quickly, I can't recall. You know, we, we spoke earlier about the mad game at Reading when the fullbacks just went there. And it was, I know, and Mikey said about what is slightly different now because obviously the fullbacks can now collect it from the penalty box. But how swift and what was the reason, I can't recall, was that he abandoned that so quickly. It was Norwich away, wasn't it? Was Norwich that, away, yeah. He, he went with a diamond in midfield. Yeah, he completely aborted it. Um, and we thought it might be a one-off. Um, I think we'd gone away from splitting the centre backs quite early. I think we had probably. I remember yeah. at Birmingham away getting a bit of a, when we were two 0 up, Pennington struggling with that big time, getting oh, on the right. ball there a few times. But like Mike said, when we went to Norwich, we tried this new diamond formation and hoofing that. it, and we were sort of one nil down within thirty five seconds. Or oh something. Christ! Yeah, yeah, Hernandez. Yeah, okay, yeah, I know the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we, at Good least times. we haven't got them to contend um, them to contend with. Yeah, not for another season, eh, Dave? <laughs> um, so, yeah, next up for Ipswich is another friendly. Joe's broken the news that it's against Cambridge. Going um, to be announced that... tomorrow, apparently. Oh, OK. So, my, yeah, this this podcast probably won't be out until tomorrow. So yeah, it'll be all right. So, there we are. Um, so, I'm sure we'll be back in some capacity after that one before the curtain raiser against Wigan. And, of course, we'll be in touch about the winner of the new shirt for our thousand subscriber giveaway and um, please subscribe to blue monday podcast hashtag itfc on youtube follow at blue monday team on instagram follow us all on twitter as well if you like and may i also recommend uh, you follow benjamin bloom on youtube he's pretty much full time on there at the moment <laughs> turning out some really good short form content on there um any last words from you both? And Joe, sorry that we didn't touch upon the academy teams. I know you watched uh, the youngsters at Needham Market last night, didn't there you? Was a send it, was it, there was an academy sending off, wasn't it? That, that was at Coggershaw, that was. Zach, pre-season Zach friendly. Brown. Zach that, Brown can start a fight in an empty room, though. So <laughs> he'd be in, um, sent off at the send. See the, see the lad first. I mentioned the other, the other season I saw him? He's like one of the quickest players I think I've ever seen. He yeah. was like lightning. Charlie Brown's brother who went to Chelsea, ah, his little brother. He's, he's a really good player, but he has a very short fuse and ends that. up in running battles. And Dave, do you know who was the referee in that game that sent him off? Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah, I did. I did see Mr. that. Yeah. Mr. Farmer from yeah, the, the, Wickham the Wickham home game. The Wickham, yeah, Ben. <laughs> I thought Ben posted that. <laughs> Conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, Excellent. So, yeah, any, any last words from you both? Anything either of you want to plug? Lambert out. Lambert out. Dave. Lambert out. I don't know. Stat, I think myself and Stat are contemplating a um, a bit of a twist on this week in ITFC history. Don't yeah. ask me what it is. It's, it's going to be some sort of new concept that Stat's, um, that Stat's formulating. But he's been busy recently doing lifeboat on lifeboat duties, hasn't he? So um, <laughs> we'll, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that might be happening at some point. Excellent. Thanks very much, both of you. Um, and wish for whatever you like. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants.
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.